Welcome to Power Talk Radio, where you can listen and learn from celebrities, icons, and everyday hardworking women. Their stories will empower and motivate you to be the best you can be. Our host, Tonya DeCosimo, is the founder of Power, professional organization of women of excellence recognized, and editor-in-chief of Power magazine. She is also an author, columnist, and has worked successfully for 30 years in the advertising and publishing industry. Welcome to today's program. Here's Tonya. Welcome to another episode of Power Talk Radio. I'm your host, Tonya DeCosimo, and today we're talking about pursuing your passion. And by tapping into the joys, memories, smells, and colors of our childhood, we can pinpoint our passion and find our true calling. But sometimes we have to try another career first, and eventually, hopefully, it'll click and we will know what we want to do and be fulfilled, happy, and hopefully successful at it. Now, my guest today is Chef Donatella Arpaia. And Donatella is an accomplished celebrity chef, dynamic restaurateur, television personality, author, entrepreneur, wife, and mother of three. She's a busy woman. As the child of first-generation Italian immigrants, Donatella was lucky enough to spend her summers in Italy. But she decided to become a corporate lawyer. But then at the age of 26, she left the law industry and she decided to follow her passion in the food world. A year after that, she opened up her first restaurant called Bellini that was in New York City. And she has since opened up many other award-winning restaurants. Donatella is best known as the head judge on Food Network's Iron Chef America and the next Iron Chef. She does make regular appearances on national television shows such as ABC's Good Morning America, NBC's Today Show, and the list goes on. Donatella is also the brand ambassador for Philips Kitchen Appliances North America. And we are so thrilled to have this amazing, talented woman with us. How are you today? I'm great. I'm great. It's been a, a crazy, exciting, wonderful year. Yes. Good. I'm doing really well and I'm really happy to be here. Um, I love the organization and I, I just, I'm, I'm someone who always, from the time I was a child, uh, gravitated and mentored, you know, powerful women, professional women. I really, that's what, that's what gets me going. Good. Well, we're glad to hear that. And we're happy to have you with us. And, you know, we're talking today about pursuing your passion. So yes. uh, you were fortunate enough to go to Italy in the summers. You come from a beautiful area in Italy, and, but you decided to go into law. And then you decided to go into the food world. So explain that. What, what happened? What made you change your mind? Sure. So I definitely, I grew up in the restaurant business. I'm first generation. My father was born in Naples mm -hmm. um, and my mother was born in Bari. And they came over when they were quite young. And literally, I grew up in the restaurant business because my father was, you know, started as a busboy and lived the immigrant dream and saved enough money and opened up his first restaurant of which... He opened the year I was born. And so when you say you grew up in the business, I mean, I literally grew up in the business because my mom, you know, used to keep me by the crib by the 
the dishwasher to lull me to sleep. So my backyard was a restaurant kitchen. Um, and, you know, people always say the restaurant business really isn't a career. It's a lifestyle. People get addicted to it because it is a way of life. It's people that are, you know, in my family, food is an art form. It's not just something that we consume. Right. And I was lucky because I had one foot in America where my father was this very, you know, proud Neapolitan who said, be whatever you want, but be a lawyer. And very much in the old world where, you know, my mother had the olive oil farm and she was the traditional Italian wife. And she showed her love every day by cooking and cleaning for the family. So I grew up in this like very, you know, modern and new world. And I thought I wanted to be an attorney because my dad said you should be an attorney. And I thought that that's what I wanted. Um, and I wanted to be the good Italian daughter. My I'm the youngest in the family of three. My brother was groomed for the restaurant. And back then, no one really knew that the, the restaurant world would become what it became today. Um, so I became a lawyer and I loved the study of law. And then I started practicing law and I didn't like it so much. And I, you know, I had a corporate job. I was doing well. I was working in New York City. My brother had his restaurant, Cellini, which he still has today. And he just reopened during the pandemic. So I'm Thank giving God. him a And um, I came home from work. And like you said, sometimes it takes just one shift or one moment to see the obvious. Mm -hmm. I, I had my aha moment. I came back from a day of law of which I wasn't enjoying. And I also realized I was a very passionate person. And I realized, you know, the goal of being a partner was something I didn't want. And so the, I think a lot of people stay in a career because they said, oh, I didn't give it long, a long time enough, or, you know, I did all this work on the education, mm -hmm. but I instinctively knew that this is not what was making me happy. And so I was having dinner at my brother's restaurant for free. <laughs> And it was raining and the hostess didn't show up. And all of a sudden I just got up and started helping him naturally. And I felt, you know, like electricity going through my body. And I, I never worked in the restaurant. My dad never allowed it for me. Uh, he didn't want his daughters to do that. He thought they should be, you know, professionals. And I just felt really alive. And that's when I had my aha moment. And I told my dad, I said, dad, I know you worked hard. I know you spent a lot of money on my education. But you also said, if you become a lawyer, you could be whatever you want. So I'm going in the restaurant business. Really was it. I started looking for a location while keeping my legal work. And I remember uh, negotiating a, a space that was not successful, but it was all I could afford. And I, I had a small trust fund, very small, not enough to open up a restaurant. I didn't really know what I was doing. I mean, I knew a lot about the restaurant business, but you know, uh, but I was just extremely driven. I just had this feeling that I was going to succeed. Mm -hmm. I was going to make it happen. And I remember when I, I got the lease and I was my last day of law in court. And I, I looked at my ugly shoes and briefcase <laughs> and I was just like, I'm out. And I, and I just felt very free. Like I didn't, I never looked back. I never looked back and I started my career, which, you know, wasn't easy. Um, I was 26. Wow. I, at back then people don't realize, uh, there were really no women, That's maybe true. one female owner and everyone in high end fine dining, they were all men. So basically I was this 27 year old at the time, 26 year old with 
male employees. Mm -hmm. um, the dynamic was very different back then. Um, and no one really understood me because I was young, I was attractive, I was this lawyer, now I'm in the restaurant business and they didn't quite know how to handle, handle mm -hmm. that. And that was the start of my career. But you know, I, for me, to do something that I'm not passionate about is like suffocation. And as soon as I knew, I had to get out. And I've, I've just always been in my professional life, I would say, not afraid to fail and fearless. Right. Well, I was gonna say, it's hard to be successful at something when you're not passionate about it. You know? It's impossible. And um, I'm so happy that you know, you found your true passion in life. But guess what? I'm sure being a lawyer helped you in the restaurant business, right? It really helped me tremendously. So I kind of did things in reverse. So I became a restaurateur first. I opened my first restaurant and slowly, slowly became successful. It wasn't easy. And like you said, the smells of childhood. I mean, I, I, mean, I have sense memories of the first time I you know, bit into that first slice of Neapolitan pizza or espresso mm -hmm. or the orecchiette from Puglia. I mean, these lived in my mind and those were the happiest times of my life. And I really loved to feed people and to host. So I was in the front of the house and I was the host. And I remember I got awarded Zagat's hostess with the mostess. And I really, back then, this was before the internet, you know, built my customer one by one and um, loved loved making people happy. And, and I was good at, really good at that. Mm -hmm. um, so, and then it wasn't until uh, afterwards that I got into TV just as a way to get people into my restaurant, even though I had a tremendous fear of public speaking, which I overcame and then opened my next restaurant David Burke and Donatella, which was a massive success very early on, almost too and early. You won, you won several James Beard Awards. Congratulations. That's amazing. Thank you. And I, and I think that's when the dialogue changed because, you know, this was way before the Me Too movement when, when people had to be polite. Uh, <laughs> back then, I mean, I remember the reviews that I used to get. They would, you know, comment on my appearance or... It was just very, they just didn't know how to handle me. But my response always was um, to be really good at what I did and, and to make them shut up, everyone shut up with the actions and the awards until they took me seriously. And actually to embrace my femininity. I remember I didn't even know how to dress because I didn't know how to dress in my own restaurant, right? You know, back then, you know, do you wear a suit? Right. Do you not? And then I decided, you know what, no matter what I wear, I'm being criticized. I'm the owner of the restaurant. It's an Italian restaurant. I love fashion. I'm going to embrace my femininity and I'm going to just be me. And I think that when that metamorphosis happened, mm -hmm. you know, it didn't happen overnight. I really started to own who I was and not apologizing for who I was as a business person, as, you know, someone that loved style and fashion and and so that was a very you know a big moment for me well let's talk about some of your specialties and why are you called the meatball queen <laughs> i guess that's one of your specialties oh, we know that is <laughs> i mean i'm a lover of i was really the first to bring a lot of 
uh, you're gonna laugh because you're from Puglia, uh, the Pugliese food. So when I, when I grew up, the restaurants were serving the traditional, I would say Northern American type of food. There was no broccoli di rab, there was mm -hmm. no burrata, all these foods that we see now, the regional foods. And I said, dad, how come we're not giving our customers the food that we eat at home? Like I was eating burrata at home and I was eating broccoli. I said, we have to, and he's like, they don't get it. They won't eat it. And I said, no, we have to make them understand. And that was really my passion was to bring the most authentic food. I think I was the first one to import burrata here. Really? Um, and then my mother who, and I think this is such a tribute to her and she passed two years ago, but I, I think that through food, we remember and they become alive. And especially, you know, Italian moms and grandmothers, they don't write anything down. And, but uh, I remember it was the uh, New York City Food and Wine Festival, Meatball Madness. And we had all the top chefs of New York there. And I was just like, people crave that taste of home and people don't have time today to make those meatballs all day and to do the slow ragu and I used my mother's traditional recipe she was with me mm. and we won two years in a row no one has ever won two years in a row and from then on I became the meatball queen I developed a whole line for HSN and wow. and uh yeah I am the meatball queen and proud of it good good for you girl so all right, so I have this question. And by the way, it goes yeah. back to what you said. People yeah. ate it because there was like duck truffle meatballs and all these fancy meatballs. And they came to my meatball and they said, oh my God, this is what it was when my grandmother made it, it tasted. And you know, there is something so pure about taking you back to your childhood with those authentic flavors. I'm very picky about meatballs and meatloaf. It's like when I go into a restaurant, I don't know, it's like I only want to eat my mother's meatballs. But yes, I would eat your meatballs. That's for sure. <laughs> I bet you your mother's meatballs are very similar to mine. Probably, but you know what? Sometimes she does put a little too much garlic. Um, I try to stay away from a lot of garlic, but um, listen, it gives it the flavors. We put a lot of parsley in it. You know, I do my. She wets the bread with milk. Yes, and I also like to put some breadcrumb in mine. Um, and a lot of grated cheese. I mean, I throw a lot of grated cheese in everything. You like a lot of flavor. You like a yeah. lot of flavor. I have to watch you one day. Um, so I have this question now. So when I was in Italy, all the Italians, beautiful and thin. Okay, what they eat so much pasta there. They drink so much wine. Why is everybody thin? Well, uh, first of all, they don't eat so much pasta when you look at the portions. They don't drink so much wine. Um, I remember growing up, I, I was given wine at the table from the time I was like 10 years old. Yeah. Wine is um, at the table, it's, it's to complement the food, right. and there isn't this excess. And for example, a appetizer portion of pasta here I served it in my restaurant would get a hundred com Yelp complaints. So it's proportion. They eat in season. Mm -hmm. They don't believe in eating out of season. And it's pasta is a very small portion with a lot of, you know, especially in the South light vegetables and they sit, they eat their main meal is during the day. They have a lighter one at night and they eat for pleasure and they eat the best ingredients. And most people cook at home. You know, when you go to restaurants, and I'm a restaurateur, there's a lot of added stuff 
fast, 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 easy, 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 you know, powdered garlic, not the fresh garlic. And I remember that every time I went to Italy, I would lose five pounds and I'd have my gelato every night, but you know, they walk, they just have a a healthier lifestyle. They're more in tune. They respect the food. They would never buy these frozen masses of food. You know, they eat seasonally, they cook fresh food, they eat in proportion. And they and, take their time. Where they take fresh their time. Yeah. They take their time to eat. So I think it's more of a habit and a lifestyle. And I have to say also, the food is not genetically altered the way it is here. Right. So you have a tomato and mozzarella mm-hmm. with extra virgin olive oil and puglia, and it's like an earth, you know, it's like a godly experience. You have it here. It's very hard to replicate that flavor no matter what you do because a tomato doesn't really taste like a tomato here. Yeah, we're in America. You think we would have the best here. I don't know. (laughs) Well, I think everyone wants more and more and more and they want, you know, the same fruit all year long. But you know what? It's not meant to be eaten all year long. so. So you are extremely busy. I mean, entrepreneur, mother, wife, on TV, traveling all over the place. How do you balance it all? That is the million dollar question, isn't it? Um, Well, first of all, I got married later in life. Um, I met my, I was engaged, I was like the runaway bride. I was engaged a few times, but I met my husband at 38 and, and had my first son on my 40th birthday. So I do feel like I had achieved a lot and it wasn't like I was just this driven woman that was putting my career first. It's just that the men that I dated disappointed me and that my career never disappointed me. And I always wanted children. But I think that when I had a child, my first child, I was ready to like kind of slow down a little bit and didn't have, I, I know a lot of my friends that are younger mothers like regret or feel like they're missing out on their career. When I, I, I feel like I've done it all. That being said, uh, you have to make choices and you have to uh, you realize you can't do it all, but you have to be learn to say no, you have to be selective. And I'm very good at, um, you know, when I'm working, I work and when I'm with my kids and I'm with my kids and I do try and balance that and, and be organized and get help. <laughs> Time management, right? Time management. Time management, priority, and self-care. That's one thing as I've gotten older, I really do now. Um, I don't have young mom guilt because I'm an old mom. So I really think it's important to take care of myself because I want to live longer. So now exercise is a big part of my life, which it never was. But when I had twins at 47, I know you heard me correctly. uh, I was like, I better get my body back in shape. And so I did a program called 54D, which holds you accountable. So, and now it's like my, my place to go every day. So I think it's important to have time for yourself. It's important to look at all the things that drain you, learn to say no to certain things because we're givers. That's right. And, um, and to be in the moment, especially with technology. And when you're your own business person, that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. And during COVID, oh my gosh. That was tough working from home and remote school learning. And actually that's how I always feel like my life mirrors, you know, my brands that I work with. Cause I work with only a few brands. I'm the brand ambassador for Galvani, the number one cheese of Italy, which is, you know, I had during a blind tasting of my pizza places. 
And I became a Philips brand ambassador because I was literally being asked, you know, what was the most popular thing during COVID? Food, because all of a sudden people were forced to cook. And do you want to know what the number one Google search term regarding food was? What? what do you think it was? Take a guess. Oh my God. Uh, what how, it how to make pizza. No. <laughs> it was how to cook. Oh, how to cook. Okay. How to make pizza. People don't know. People, there were so many people yeah, that don't know how to cook as a society. You know, you can go to yeah. Whole Foods and get prepared foods. So all of a sudden, all the chefs are now at home cooking. I'm being asked to Zoom on live TV. So in essence, I was working constantly, except I had the kids at home. And then at the end of the day, I had to cook for my family. I was wiped. So that's how I started using the Philips air fryer and relying on these appliances. And chefs aren't big appliance people. So it really had to work for me and make sense. And that's how this, you know, partnership with Philips evolved, where I'm, I'm teaching women really that don't know or love to cook or how to cook or even do but are trying to multitask. And whether you're a stay-at-home mom or not, it is hard to get dinner on the table for your kids and family that everyone will like. Everyone's eating at different times today. No one likes the same thing. Everyone's a picky eater. Who's on gluten? Who's on keto? You know, it's been complicated. I don't know about you, but when I was young, I had to eat what was in front of me. I could not get up from the table. <laughs> Everything was eaten. And my dog, I used to hate peas. And I used to try to put the peas under the table. And the dog wouldn't even eat the peas. I but know. Now, I love peas and pasta. And I love peas with eggs. I love that. Yeah, pasta and piselli and oh, pasta with eggs. Yeah. Now, oh I God, eat I'm everything. I'm Philips pasta maker. It's amazing. You can make Pasta in five minutes. It's amazing. The only thing I won't eat, Donatella, is caputzel. No way. <laughs> you know what? I won't eat tripe. Oh, I love tripe. I love tripe. Yeah. That's yeah, fine. I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> so let me ask you, what advice would you give to women who want to pursue a career in food, open up a restaurant? What would you say to them? Uh, well, first of all, opening up a restaurant today is different even for, even before COVID um, than I was. It's very, very difficult for the small business owner to open up, although at the same time, I think there are a lot of leases available. Number one, you really have to be prepared. It's, it, it's not like if you're a good cook at home, it means you're going to be a successful restaurateur, which I think there's a lot of people that don't understand. I really do think you should find someone that you admire or uh, and understand also the word is restaurant business. It's a business. So uh, most restaurants fail because there's no business aspect that they know. And being a lawyer, I did have, I was more educated than most of the, the chefs that don't even go to college. So Business is a big part of it. And if you are the talent, make sure you find someone that has experience mm -hmm. and that has the business side so that you can actually do what you do best and continue. And even maybe intern for free somewhere while you're keeping your day job to see if the reality of the restaurant business matches what you think it is. Good point. Yeah, definitely intern. And, and you know, but go for it. Be yeah. passionate. Follow your dreams. I was young. I really wasn't afraid to fail. I've had many failures that I've learned from. 
um, what is the worst that can happen? And if, you know, you have three children that you have to support, then no, don't just like quit your job. You have to be responsible. But if you are free and maybe you have the time, maybe now's the time to do it, but really put it on paper and get people that are in the know to challenge you and tell you, and location is important too, my gosh. Location, location, location. Yeah. And technology. Uh, it, it's going to be very interesting to see how things pan out after, you know, this whole COVID thing, because it's changed the restaurant game. It's a shame. It's a shame. It really is. Too many people out of business. Um, so tell us, what is one thing that you want people to know about you that they may not already know? That's a good question. Uh, what? Um... I don't think people realize how funny I am and how how much I make fun of myself and how when I'm at home, uh, I I am I cook the way my mother did. I I don't cook like the chef in the restaurant. Like I make the food that I grew up with, um, and that I really do love to teach people and and I love to be a mother and to cook. And I love to, yeah. And I'm, I'm funny, but people don't, I, I don't get to, especially today that they don't get to see that side of me. Well, I'm afraid to say anything today. You have such a beautiful smile and I you're just, so kind. you're very humble and that's you. wonderful, you know, so. I do get that a lot when people meet me, like you're so much nicer and prettier than I thought you would be. I'm like, what? Well, okay. Did I not seem humble? I don't know. Uh, and and I think that you know now they don't say that because I'm <clears throat> a little older. But when I started, I think there was this assumption that I was you know because I was young or and pretty that things were just handed to me and nothing was handed to me. It was quite the opposite. Um, not at all. And they don't realize the years you know, yeah, fifteen twenty years, and that I worked harder than ever just to prove uh, who I was in a male dominated industry. But I, I never saw that, like I said, I never saw that as a weakness. I always tell women that I mentor, there's no crying in baseball. You show them who you are, you show up and don't be afraid to speak your mind. Um, so maybe that's why people, I, I, I can be very tough with certain things, especially about things that I'm passionate about. Yeah. But uh, don't follow the money, follow the passion and the money will follow. So you're going to be in the fall issue of Power Magazine and you will be receiving our Power Top Chef Award at our gala and we're so excited. So excited. Seeing that you are such a powerhouse, I want to know what the word power means to you. Um, when you, when you've achieved a point in your life where you can inspire others, mm -hmm. teach others, but also respect, um, and be respected in, in terms of the power that you have. I don't want to be, um, and, and to be kind, you can be powerful and kind, but not be taken advantage of too. People should never mistake my kindness for weakness, but power is protecting those who can't protect themselves. That's what I loved about being a lawyer. 
uh, about mentoring and helping others and, and, and teaching your craft and growing and spreading it out and trying to do some good along the way. Absolutely. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I have to say, I'm so glad you were here with us today. I'm so glad you followed your passion. Look where it's gotten you. You are a celebrity, an entrepreneur, a lawyer, a mom. I mean, the list goes on. So really, I admire you and thank you for inspiring and empowering me and so many women, so many people out there in general. Really, just keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you, thank you for all that you do. And you know what? We're Pugliese, you know? It's like we're Barese. That's right. Barese, Barese. Barese, Barese. <laughs> It was such a pleasure. Donatella, everyone, go to donatella.com and you know where to find her. Yes, follow me. Yes, follow, follow me. me. Amazing. Thank you, Donatella. Bye. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Power Talk Radio. We hope you were inspired by our show today and look forward to our next episode featuring another empowering woman. To learn more about being part of power, go to powerwo.com. That's www.powerwoe.com. And follow us on social media.